It's early February. It's rose pruning time here in USDA Zone 9. Now, in other colder rose growing zones, late February through mid-March is best for rose pruning. So any dates you hear in this podcast, depending on where you live, you might have to bump it back a few weeks. It's late January. It's a beautiful day. But it's rose pruning time. So get out in the yard and start pruning roses. And But you're probably saying, oh, wait a minute. Some of my roses are still in bloom. I don't want to cut them back. What should you do? Let's find out. She's the president of the Sacramento Rose Society. She is a master rosarian. She's a garden writer as well, responsible for the Sacramento Digs Gardening blog. It's Debbie Arrington. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Fred. So, Debbie, you have roses, and they're blooming, and it's January. Do you feel any reluctance to cutting them back? A little bit. But I was raised in Southern California and grew up with roses there. And you just have to set an arbitrary um, deadline saying, this is it. Stop it. Because you have to have the rose reset at clock. So my arbitrary deadline is Super Bowl Sunday. So if I don't have all my roses pruned by Super Bowl Sunday, then I am way behind. Because I want to get those roses reset so they'll bloom in, in April and May. So that means, folks, you got one more week left to uh, prune your roses or so. All right, let's talk about what you need to prune roses. What sort of armaments do you have to uh, accomplish this task here that typical gardeners should also own when it comes to pruning roses? And by the way, we will point out right away that roses don't have thorns. They have prickles. Yes. Uh, A thorn is a modified leaf, and a prickle is for protection of the plant. And... In nature, uh, roses are a favorite food of a lot of different critters, particularly deer. Uh, they love uh, the actual flowers and the rose hips on the roses. In order to keep the deer from eating the entire plant, nature provided it with its armor, and those are the prickles. The problem is those prickles will get people, too. Now, as a child, and you grew up in Southern California as well, did you ever take those prickles off the stem and stick it on your nose and run around and pretend you're a rhinoceros? No. Maybe that was just me. Okay. All right. You got your equipment. I see small pruners. I see large pruners. And I see something folded up that looks dangerous. And uh, we have small pruners. We have a folding saw. And we have loppers. And we have... Whoa. We have two sizes of, of uh, loppers. Uh, we have a, a pruning saw, which is one of those collapsible saws. Um, I have two different kinds of hand uh, pruning shears, but both of them are bypass pruners. And that's the important thing, is that it's a bypass pruner. Because uh, the, the other kind of pruner is an anvil pruner. And the anvil pruner, it squishes the stem that you're cutting, and you don't want to squish the stem because that damages it. While a bypass makes a clean cut, and bypass means one blade blade passes by the other. So that makes a clean cut. If you are a cut flower gardener, anvil pruners can come in handy. If you're picking stems to take in the house, it'll uh, keep the fluid inside. But for everybody else and for every other purpose, bypass pruners are the way to go. Absolutely. All right. Now you've got some equipment, too, because prickles, as you said, are prickly. I notice you're wearing a, a cotton jacket yes. here. Yes. Um, wouldn't nylon be more prickle resistant? Yeah, but it snags and it tears. You know, the thing about cotton is it can snag and it won't necessarily tear. Wow. But the the important thing to remember is don't wear knits. 
because knits will snag and tear like crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing a denim shirt, uh, that, uh, today and it's long sleeve because you want to protect your arms and you also want to protect your legs. So even though we've been having spring-like weather, wear long pants because, uh, you, are going to get scraped up otherwise. And, um, and sturdy shoes too. And sturdy shoes. Wear, wear closed toe shoes. Uh, don't, don't wear sandals in the rose garden. Um, and make sure they have thick enough soles that if you do step on some prickles, uh, they won't go right through their sole into your foot. But the most important piece of gear out in the rose garden are the right gloves. And um, I strongly recommend leather gloves. Uh, you know, I've got mini cotton gloves and rubberized gloves and, you know, all sorts of different gloves. But the prickles always find the way through. Uh, leather is much sturdier. And I've got both cow leather and goat leather. Mm-hmm. Goat leather is the best for roses because tightness of the uh, hide keeps any prickles from going through. And when you think about it, you know, these are animals that are around a lot of thickles and thorny things out there. So they don't want the prickles going through their skin either. So having goat hide is is very beneficial in the rose garden. All right. So you've got, you got one more piece of uh, uh, knee pads, Uh, you know, particularly if you've got low growing roses uh, and ones that you're going to do weeding around, it will save a a lot of uh, grief on your knees. All right. So we are armed for battle how the heck do you attack a rose that's in bloom in order to efficiently prune it? Do you start at the top? Do you start at the bottom? Well, both. And the the rose we're looking at right now is, oh, I'd say 12 feet tall. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pink promise that has uh, really gone beyond its potential. Um, it's a, a large hybrid tea. And that's saying some, um, cause it's, it's usually, uh, four to six feet, but it's obviously getting a lot of water and very happy where it's growing at. Yeah, we should point out that you live in an area of Sacramento that has prime ag land. I'm jealous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in the Pocket Greenhaven neighborhood. And it is really, well, part of the reason roses do so well here is they love it. We have the perfect climate. We have very good soil. They get everything they need. So they're very happy and they will bloom their little heads off year round if the weather stays warm. The, a lot of roses have continued to bloom. So in the idea of starting from the, from the top and the bottom, I'm going to prune off the roses that are still blooming and put them in a vase and take them inside and enjoy them. One reason I've left them on as long as I have, though, is you may notice they're full of bees right now. I mean, the bees need something to eat, and they are gravitating towards those roses. So uh, we've got a lot of bee activity. Indeed, we do. And, uh, I mean, you still have a couple of weeks left to, to prune these to, mm-hmm. to meet your Super Bowl deadline. Mm-hmm. But when you're staring at a rose bush, and we're going to talk, I guess, for the for this episode of pruning roses, we'll talk about hybrid tea rose pruning. Mm-hmm. Do you look at the age of the cane? Does that play a part? Yes, it does, because you want to encourage the rose to uh rejuvenate itself. Uh, in theory, you want the rose to totally regrow every seven years, where all the canes on that bush are less than seven years old. Now, the problem is that you tend to prune in such a way where you're leaving the old canes there, you know, as structure for the rose. So it, with a rose like this, that, that plant isn't that old. It's, it's probably about 10 years old, but it has uh, some canes that, oh, they're about the width of my wrist. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily going to saw out those canes uh, unless they have stopped 
uh, putting out new canes themselves. Because what's happening is I got canes sprouting on canes and, and it kind of makes it look sort of a tree look to it. And that's one of the reasons this rose has gotten so big. <laughs> there are some of the lower stems, like you say, are thick and woody. Mm-hmm. And I, I see one that apparently does have some dead branches on it. Would you remove that entire stem, that older stem, or would you tend to leave it to where there's new growth emanating maybe a foot or two above that, or would you cut it back? It depends. That's where we get down at the looking at the bottom of the rose, because when you look at the bottom, you need to to see which are the healthy canes, which are the way is the rose growing, what gives it its best airflow and its best shape and its best form uh, to give it the most best chance of success. Because one of the things that in, in pruning, when you're, you're you're allowing the rose to re, rejuvenate itself, I have a no spray garden. So that means I, you know, I don't use any pesticides in my garden. So I'm trying to have, uh, natural defenses for that rose. And its natural defense against fungal infection is airflow. So if you have good airflow inside the bush, you have a lot less chance of it coming down with fungal disease. So is the eventual shape of the bush of what you're going for when pruning a hybrid tea rose, is it like a vase shape or martini glass shape? It's more like a vase shape. Um, uh, think of, put your hand out and put your five fingers up and then move your thumb towards the center. Okay. That's, that's what it's, well, not that you're, <laughs> you can't see what he's doing, but, uh, you know, but, you know, move it towards the center, but still pointing up. So you have this sort of vase shape where your five fingers are all towards the sun, but there's still this nice gap in the middle where the air can flow through. All right. So we're, pruning for several reasons. One is to improve airflow. One is to take out dead wood. What about crossing branches? That's another thing that you like to eliminate because what happens in crossing branches, they rub up against each other and they both cause health problems for that other branch. Uh, particularly if you get, live in a windy area, they tend to break. It's a, one more obstacle to having a healthy bush. All right, let's talk about functional pruning. And by that, I mean, you have a rose bush here that's, uh, as you said, about 12 feet tall. But it's right on a walkway. It's right on a driveway. Somebody could open their car door and walk right into it. So functional pruning might be to get that out of the way of car doors. You got that straight. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That is one thing that I've struggled with this bush because I... And usually when you prune, you prune so the rose is growing out away from the center. But on this side, I have to prune it so it's growing back towards the flower bed instead of out into the driveway. Good luck with that. (laughs) I know. It's been a process. All right. After you're done pruning, I would think cleanup is important. Yes. Uh, You need to pick up after your bush. One of the reasons that you prune in January is that this is a gap in the fungus cycle in the garden. And this is an opportunity to clean up fungal traces, debris, spores, you know, spore factories, all that other stuff that's going to make a whole explosion of fungal disease in the spring. This is your opportunity to get it out of the garden. So you're, you're stripping all the leaves off the bush, even if it still has leaves. And right now you can see there's, oh, probably a thousand leaves on that bush still, you know, that haven't fallen off. All those need to go. And then anything underneath the bush, all the the extra uh, old leaves and, and debris that the, the rose dropped on the ground, you want to clean that out too. Don't compost it. You want to put it into the, the waste bin uh, because if you compost it, that just means those fungal spores will end up in somebody else's garden. Are you actually stripping the leaves or are you cutting the leaves off? 
it depends on how firmly attached they still are. If it looks like they're about to fall off, they strip really easily. You know, you can just run run your fingers down with wearing thick gloves uh, on the stem and get all those those uh, extra leaves off. But other ones where the bush is still hanging on to them for dear life, you have to go ahead and clip them off because that you know it just doesn't make sense to go ahead and pick it off like that. Also, when the stems are smaller, when you clip it off, it doesn't cause any damage to the stem. There are a lot of things to take into consideration when you're pruning a rose because you're going to go back to basically bare stems. If the rose bush had problems in past years with uh, insect or disease issues, would you apply at that time after you've pruned it all a, a horticultural oil, for example? If you have like a real problem with borers, uh, you know, that the horticultural oil will work on that. Yeah. And those, those are sort of the sort of pest problems where horticultural oils would make sense. And this is the time to do it because you protecting the bush from any more thing invading it as well as taking care of what, anything that might be infesting it right now. Debbie Arrington, Master Rosarian, current president of the Sacramento Rose Society and one of the authors, along with Kathy Morrison, of the Sacramento Digs Gardening blog, a great resource for local gardening information. Debbie, have fun pruning. Thank you very much.